Ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to announce a brand new sponsor for this show that is absolutely about nothing and something all at the same time. Ladies and gentlemen, I am proud to tell you about our newest sponsor. And I know that some of you are going to be really chuffed to hear about this. We are proud to announce that we are now sponsored by Vandalay Industries, importer-exporter of latex and latex-related goods, New York, New York, USA. Baby, we finally made it. I couldn't be more proud. Um, I spoke to Art Vandalay himself. Um, busy guy. Uh, you know, he's in a lot of different places. Uh, Brian knows Art Vandalay. Um, yeah, he wants to be our uh, latex salesman. He sure does. We don't make the latex, but some of us might wear it. I certainly don't, but some of you might. Um, <laughs> so for those of you that get it, you got it. And for those that didn't, you should probably ask. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show that's absolutely about nothing and everything all at the same time. We bring you more of the same. I apologize if my voice sounds a little hoarse. I was um, in the lovely eastern Ohio city of Youngstown last night to see one of uh, my favorite bands, uh, probably my top three. Uh, everybody knows what my first place is. This one is at least second place, and that would be Ghost. They played at the Covelli Center in Youngstown, Ohio, with Spirit Box opening. Kind of had an arch enemy feel to it, and um, a combination between arch enemy and the birthday massacre, where the lady that was singing, great voice, by the way, she could do the growly, like, you know, the, the growl metal and the scream metal, but she could also sing melodically, which was a neat combination. I prefer the latter to the former, um, at least from her. Great performance. Then Mastodon came out in support of Ghost. Fantastic job. Excellent show. Uh, these these jokers from, uh, from Georgia really know how to play and really know how to put on a great show. It was cool because the drummer's mom came all the way out from Georgia to see this particular show, to see her son and his friends play. And the crowd was absolutely nuts because the mom was on the other side of the barrier right next to the stage watching the guys play. And it's um, one of those moments I'm sure she's going to remember for forever and that uh, the guys and her son are going to remember forever. It was very cool. And then Ghost came on and um, it was uh, it was a wonderful night. I couldn't I was literally as happy as I could be smiling and singing along with everybody. It was great to be there three years almost since the last uh, time Ghost was in uh, Youngstown. And uh, it was great. So I had a lot of fun there. Uh, whatever you did last night, I hope it was just as fun. It probably wasn't, but let's hope so. Um, I, I went to bed at like eight o'clock, I think. No kidding. Eight o'clock. Yeah. Well, I mean, you are an early riser to begin yeah. with. So um, that's, you know, listen, I remember those. I, I used to have to check into a particular job where they made uh, welding or not welding clamps, regular clamps for the um aerospace industry and also the construction industry for like Komatsu and all these other different manufacturers that make um, like backhoes and construction equipment. I had to be there from 530 in the morning till 4 p.m. Monday through Thursday and then from 630 a.m. to 3 p.m. on Friday. Shit's so, ass, man. Oh, it's terrible. It um, it was soulless. It was uh, it was soulless. We're going to talk about some soulless employment today on the show. Amazing. Old school. This is just Brian and myself, the boss, yeah. and Christopher caught the crud. Um, Angel says that she just started getting the crud. Christopher has had crud for the last two days. We wish them the best. I wish. Yeah, them. there's a shit ton of people getting sick now. All of a sudden, like, I don't know nope. what. 
like they're just well they're just saying they're sick around me they won't really say what's going on so i'm like i don't know but it could be a myriad of things it could be a myriad of things but um in the words of tim dillon we wish him well and then we tee off um (laughs) so to get started today and remember uh, don't forget to check out our sponsor new sponsor vandalay industries uh to get started here i bring you more of the same from the fair city of akron ohio and by the way, Youngstown is like the child that was had between the city of Akron and the city of Cleveland. It's dangerous, but it's still not as dangerous, but sometimes it can be. The roads so wait, are still terrible. What? Which one's older, Youngstown or Akron? Oh, Jesus, that's a great question. Let's see. What I jo- almost feel like Youngstown, or I almost feel like Akron would be between Youngstown and Cleveland, like the spawn of, but I feel like Akron might yeah be older than Youngstown. I don't know. Let's see here. Let's see when it was founded. Because Cleveland is, like, Jesus, that's like right at the beginning of the Western Reserve, if I'm not mistaken. Let's see here. When it was founded, it was founded in 1796. So Akron's the bastard child um, between Cleveland and uh, and uh, Youngstown. So yeah, so Akron, Akron, I feel like became more than Youngstown ever could, though. <laughs> is that why do you say that? I don't know. Like, I feel like, I mean, is it bigger population wise? I feel like it's more oh, yeah. spread out. Like, it oh, was yeah. like Young, Youngstown walked so Akron could run, but they're both kind of <laughs> just like they're running the complete wrong direction. So, like, fair enough. So, I, I mean, I drive through, I drive through Akron pretty frequently still for work, and it's just like, Every day, I'm like, I think I know what I'm gonna see and like how decrepit and like kind of fucked up it's gonna be. And then like I go some, I go like one street over somewhere new, and I'm like, oh, this is a whole new kind of fucked up. And it's kind of sad. Like, it's just, uh, I don't know, it's wild that all this stuff's just happening so close to home, you know? Yeah, it is wild, and it's you become blind to it because you get used to it, and that's the, yeah, that's it's very the unfortunate. It is very unfortunate. So. This is no good. You're not going to like this at all. It's going to be very bad. Uh, this is Ackerman arrested for allegedly shooting woman and kidnapping their child. Oh, shit. An Ackerman was arrested early Tuesday morning for allegedly shooting the mother of his child and kidnapping their four-year-old son. Around 6.45 p.m. on Monday, the Akron police, known for their bravery and their ability to get to crime scenes on time, oh, man. Uh, responded to shots fired in the 1100 block of Tulip Street where no tulip was found. When police arrived, they found 24-year-old Elise Rivera Ortiz with multiple gunshot wounds. Witnesses told police that Jose Castro, no relation to Fidel, uh, took the woman's child and fled the scene in a vehicle. Police issued an Amber Alert for the child. Hours later, the child was returned to Akron Police unharmed. Police say Castro dropped the child off to a family friend, and that person brought the boy to a detective. Rivera Ortiz was transported to Cleveland Clinic Akron General Hospital. Police say she is in critical condition. On Tuesday, her family said Rivera Ortiz had stabilized in the hospital and was able to answer questions. Uh, I'll interject. The reason why is because I believe Akron General has a level one trauma unit that specializes in gunshot wounds. Yeah, they're a level one trauma center, the last I checked. So uh, the city of Akron doesn't have the same numbers as, say, Youngstown or Cleveland or Canton. Um, because of you're kind of in the vicinity where you're 10 minutes away from some of the best hospitals in the area. And one of them, which is part of the best hospital system on the planet. Um, So there's a lot of survivability. You're not going to get those big statistics where people are getting, you know, gunned down and dying. They're actually saving people's lives. 
Um, so that's why I think Akron kind of flies under the radar. It's equal. It's, I feel it's equally as dangerous as some of the other bigger cities, uh, in the, uh, Supreme Ohio Soviet. However, um, the numbers don't match hospitals, a lot of hospitals, a lot of hospitals, Cleveland police arrested Castro, another police department of great notoriety for the, all the wrong reasons, um, on Detroit Avenue shortly after midnight. I used to drink on bar in bars, excuse me, not on them, but in them. On Detroit Avenue when I was younger. Wouldn't do it now, that's for sure. <laughs> um, not sure what his intentions were after just shooting the child's mother. So it could have been a very volatile situation. But glad for safe ending in the in that part of it. Akron Police Captain Dave Laughlin said police records show that in June, the 24-year-old woman's sister notified authorities that Castro was harassing the woman due to a breakup. During the incident, police say Castro fired a gun into the ground after an argument with a man that'll show him. Oh, Ca- no. Castro was indicted on several charges, including misdemeanor discharge of firearms. He was arrested for that incident, but released after posting $2,500 of a 25 grand bond last month. Currently being held at Summit County Jail, charge of felon- felonious assault and kidnapping. So that's not attempted murder? Yeah, that's not. That's interesting. Wow. Because I mean, shot multiple times. Like, yeah, I I got to say where she was shot. Right. Either way, still like maybe the lady was like, look, he said he hit was going to hit me in the leg to teach me a lesson. Um, And that's uh, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, I I don't know how that works. I don't know how that works. Not sure. Not sure how that works. So there's that. Then next, uh, you know, this is, uh, you know, I. I want to know what in the world is going on when something like this is really terrible and i brought it up to the to the gang in the group chat we have like six or seven of them (laughs) um which is great it's better than zero every app the every app there you go this article begins with how's your vacation going buddy worker says boss asked him to come in and sign performance evaluation while his newborn son was gravely ill What's the most toxic thing a leader at your company has ever said to you? Uh, this TikTok person pr- uh, prompts uh, their creators, inspiring a, vi- a variety of viral stitches, ranging from workplace horror stories to nightmares, job application experiences. We have talked ad nauseum, and I'm sure those of you that still listen are like, Jesus, please don't do it again. Don't worry. We're going to talk about somebody else's garbage job, not the garbage jobs that we've had, Okay. Um, well, I just I will restate that uh, when my uh, brother passed away in 2005, I uh, called in and said I wasn't ready to come back, uh, you know, after four days of bereavement because I was still having a hard time. My boss at the time said they couldn't give me the day paid off because I didn't say I was sick. So that Jesus. that's my story. That's my story. And um, I'll never I've forget got... the man's name. But that's yeah, oh, I'm sure I'm sure you do. We all do. I mean, when you're when you're a member of the working poor um there's lots of stories to go around lots of stories you know it's like they i've worked in places where they're like oh we give bereavement leave but it's only like if it's like one of your parents or like a significant other or brother or sister or like a child it's like it has to be directly tied to you so it's like if your uncle or grandfather or somebody dies they're like yeah like we can't give you leave for that so if i die if i if i would if we were pals back then and i would have died you wouldn't have been able to push me into the crematory. That's a shame. Oh, I've, I've, I would have fucking went. Like, fuck that. Like, I mean, I still went to all the shit. I just didn't right. get leave for it. I was right. like, I'm like, this is ridiculous. And then the other part of it, it's like shitty. 
because I'm like, I looking back, I'm like, I shouldn't even have done. Cause like I worked uh, like third shift. So it was like, I would go and like kind of leave the gatherings early so I could go right to fucking work. Like right after a fucking wake or funeral. And it's just like, Oh, like, why did I go? Like, I, I don't understand. Like I shouldn't have done it, but I was like, well, they're not going to fucking give me the time. Like it's stupid shit. It is stupid and, and it's unfortunate because that that's lost on people, the human element side of it. And it's sad. So here we go. One story from TikTok user, which I don't have anymore, at Zulu 079 was particularly horrifying. In a video with over 806,000 views, Mike recounts an experience in which his son was born during his vacation, only to fall gravely ill. During this touch-and-go time, Mike says his boss axed him to come in and fill out a performance evaluation and marked it against him when he refused. In the video, Mike explains that he took time off when his son was about to be born, informing his boss and utilizing some of the, quote, plenty of PTO that he accumulated from his time at the company. Soon after Mike's son was born, however, the baby's heart stopped. Doctors rushed into action, managing to revive the child, though warning Mike that his child's future was uncertain. How awful. Holy shit. The family transferred to a different hospital and then a third when the second proved inadequate. At 12 hours old, the baby was put into the neonatal intensive care unit, also known as the NICU. The next morning, Mike called his boss, informing him that he would not know, he did not know rather when he would be back and that he didn't know whether his newborn son was going to live or die. He's like, he's like, okay, take as much time as you need, Mike recalls. However, something changed the following day. Mike received a phone call from the very same boss with a peculiar and grossly inappropriate introduction. My boss calls on speakerphone and says, how's the vacation going, buddy? Holy shit. Mike remembers, I said, we don't know if my son's going to live or die. That's great, buddy. I hope you're enjoying your vacation, the the boss allegedly responded. The boss He's got to be in the room with somebody else that has no idea what's going on. That's my <laughs> guess. Like, That's a good guess. That's a good guess. The boss then proceeded to ask Mike to come back to work and sign his yearly evaluation. I'm, st- I'm stunned, Mike says. Work is an hour and a half away from where I was. Fuck the f- It could be two minutes away. That, that right now, work yeah, is no, not I'm important. not. I'm not going. Like, yeah. I'm, forge my signature. I don't give a shit. Like, yes, exactly. <laughs> Oh, no, it's terrible. Mike says he told his boss he wasn't going to make it, but the boss allegedly ordered him to come in regardless. Mike again refused, at which point the boss explained that refusal would be going on his evaluation. Mike says he denied this and reminded him of the severity of the situation. He's like, that's not my concern. My concern is your work performance, Mike shares. Oh, my God. Thankfully, Mike's son survived, and the guy says that was the crappiest boss I ever had. Mike added in his com- in his workplace that it was quote was the Department of Justice back in 2010. Oh my God! Uh, your government at work, ladies and gentlemen. How terrible! How terrible! I mean, you want to talk about workplace violence? I I would be in jail most likely if if somebody would have talked to me like that after my kid was born. And, hey, buddy, how's your vacation going? I would just be like, honey, I'll be right back. And I would go into work and I would sign my evaluation using my boss's blood. That's what I would do. 
Be like, why do you use red ink? Oh, sir, that's not ink. That's uh, Frank uh, Frank Jones. Uh, he stabbed him to death with a fork, and then he used it to sign his blood. You know, Frank's blood. Oh, okay. Well, how's his vacation going? You know what I mean? Like, oh my God, how terrible! How absolutely terrible! Yeah, I bet that that's a, that's a hard one to top for sure. I agree, man. I I don't know how you do it. Now, this might not be in the neighborhood, but it is in the neighborhood. The solar system, ladies and gentlemen, uh, are one of our uh, planets uh, known, as, known as a Jovian, it's a gas giant, is tilted after a moon smashed into it. That one is Saturn. I don't know if anybody heard about this. What, like recently this happened? Yeah, this is recently. This is September 15th of this year. Saturn is tilted after one of its moons crashed into it, a new study has suggested. Even in pictures, it is clear that something is off about our neighbor. Its rings swirl around at roughly a 25-degree angle to its orbit around the sun. But it is less clear now how it came to be tilted, with scientists thinking it probably has something to do with Neptune, its near neighbor, since the tilt is similar to its orbit. Now scientists have suggested that the two were once in sync, orbiting in a neat alignment or resonance together. Ladies, you better do something about that alignment. I was going to say, wait, did the... Did the astrology chicks break this news? Like, were they the first ones to come up with this or what? Probably. That alignment, haha, was knocked off at some time in history. And all of the, 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 all of our um, astrology people are like, we knew that. We, we knew what the alignment was off. Really? When a yeah, call- my, week, my week's been so shitty. It had to be. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's Uranus, is what the problem is. Um, <laughs> Well, when a moon caused havoc between the two, a new study suggests nowadays Saturn has 83 moons and happy we are for all of them. But in the past, it may have had an extra now missing satellite that scientists have named Chrysalis. Those many moons orbited around sun and kept it in near alignment with Neptune, scientists say, with that smooth resonance lasting for billions of years or about 4,358, according to whatever religious fanatic that you're related to. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, Young Earth and flat she is. Um, (laughs) She's, uh, yeah. Yeah. 160 million years ago, however, chrysalis fell out of that near neat alignment and strayed too close to Saturn itself. How do they know this shit? I don't know. Perhaps they consulted a Ouija board. The moon (laughs) for the now dead moon. Now for the dead moon. We're we're seancing with the dead moon. The moon was torn apart. The moon says you need to give me two hundred (laughs) dollars. And its loss pulled Saturn away from Neptune and left the planet off its alignment. What's more, Saturn's rings may have been formed out of the chunks that Chrysalis was broken into. That's interesting. That helps explain two mysteries at once. Chrysalis is the cause of the tilt and the unexplained age of the rings, which are only 100 million years old and much younger than the planet itself. Just like a butterfly's chrysalis, this satellite was long dormant and suddenly became active, and the rings emerged, said Jack Wisdom. Great great name, Wisdom. Professor of Planetary Science at MIT and Lee Jack author. Wisdom? Yeah, Jack Wisdom from MIT. He must know Lex Fridman. Oh, that would um, be pretty neat. That would be. The team used data detailed on Saturn, including measurements taken when the Cassini probe crashed into the planet to construct a precise simulation of Saturn. Maybe they did it. Maybe the probe 
crashing into the planet fucked everything up. How do they know that? Ah, well, hey, you know, that's possible. <laughs> leave it Much to man. Smaller. Yeah, but leave it to man to fuck it up. Oh, 100%. Um, you know, to, to construct the price uh, simulation. Saturn, those models indicated that the planets could once have been synchronized together, but have fallen out. They broke up, uh, unfortunately. It is a big shame. So there's news. There's your space news for the month. I don't think we had any space news this month. Usually Angel's pretty good about that, but she's off today uh, with the crud. So next on our list, and I'm sure a lot of you didn't even know this was a thing, but I'm going to tell you all about it. Now, when you have chicken, you prepare the chicken. There are many ways to prepare chicken. Oh, God. I think I already know what you're talking about. There is marinade. There are a multitude of marinades, not just one to select from, but many. The market <laughs> provides. You could grill it, or the way I like it, of course, is done in the style of His Holiness Colonel Sanders' Kentucky Fried Chicken franchise. The best chicken sandwich around. I will not entertain the argument, nor have the debate, because there is no debate. However, if you have a bottle of NyQuil, it is yeah. not recommended. <laughs> To cook your chicken in NyQuil. Now, this is from CNN. So take it with a grain of 11 herbs and spices, secretive herbs and spices, of course. Bitch, you taste them herbs and spices, said the colonel. This is great. So want to cook chicken in NyQuil? Overdose on antihistamines? Swallow laundry detergent pods? While most of us would recoil in horror from such dangerous suggestions, adolescents and young adults continue to be susceptible to social media dares like these, according to the U.S. Food <laughs> Just let and drug administration. Die, dude. That's Holy what I'm saying. Shit. Let it happen. It's, it's You're going to fucking eat NyQuil chicken? We don't want these people procreating. There's enough retards to go around. We don't need any more. Let them have the Tide Pod. Let them have it. <laughs> fucking NyQuil chicken. No. One social media trend is relying on peer pressure, online video clips of people misusing non-prescription medications and encouraging viewer, viewers to do so. How the These, fuck do you get peer pressured over the internet, too? Like, <laughs> I don't know. It says one recent challenge posted on social media encouraged people to cook chicken in a mixture of acetaminophen, uh, dextromethorphan, and doxylamine. Why can't they just say NyQuil? China's winning, man. This is yeah. all they're doing. Like, they're <laughs> they're fucking like they're not even gonna have to fight a war, dude. Everyone's gonna eat fucking Nyquil chicken and kill themselves, and then they're this just is, gonna come over and take all the real estate. Like this is yeah. There's no, what did they you going to stop them? Forget it. I had a good conversation with Elliot about that, um, about China and everybody freaking out about it. But you know what? It's not gonna matter if everybody's eating the green chicken, the green death flavor, because there is a cherry, a uh, red one. Um, yeah, like you're doing the fucking what? Like it's like black licorice flavor fucking NyQuil. Not, like you're not even going to be that shit's disgusting. Like even Dennis Leary called it the green death flavor. Like that's what it is. Like he's like, it's so strong. You take it and you're like, this shit tastes like bang. You're in the coma. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here we go. So boiling a medication can make it much more concentrated and change its properties. <laughs> In other ways, said the FDA, even if you don't eat the chicken, inhaling the medication's vapors while cooking it 
<laughs> could cause high levels of the drug to enter your body. It could high also high levels hurt. of fun. Yeah. <laughs> ever, I remember you want to know how I really started to feel old when I heard about robo tripping. Yeah. And I'm like, what 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 the fuck is like you know, huffing gasoline was a thing, sniffing paint was a thing, you know, glue, all that shit. Like that that was a thing. That was yeah. like a thing. But when I was told about robo tripping and they're like, yeah, you drink a bunch of Robotus. And I'm like, well, that's fucking disgusting. Why don't we just buy drugs? Like, why are we, why do you need to do this? I, you know, there was a lot of that actually going on when I lived at the schoolhouse in camp. Uh, fuck. It's an offshoot of camp Lejeune. And if you were under 21, your ass wasn't getting alcohol any easy way, at least. And yeah, people would, they actually had to stop selling like NyQuil and fucking Robitussin and like anything like that on base to everybody that was like under the grade of corporal because people were fucking robo tripping because they couldn't get drunk. Like when there's a will, there's a fucking way, man. They're like, you might as well just let them fucking drink at that point. Like it was stupid. That's wild to me. Like I, we always found a way to find something to, you know, to get like, I mean, you might have had, you know, drink a couple of bottles of Boone's farm or oh yeah you no know. you're taking whatever you could get like yeah you go off base and like you're chill with somebody that's of age like they'll hook you the fuck up but like if you're trying to just hang out like in the barracks and not like uh fuck because I mean there were people there that were still 18 I think I was 19 and it was like even the people that were 21 if you shared a room with somebody that was underage you couldn't have anything they they inspected rooms all the time and then uh, if you were 21 and the, everyone you lived with was over 21, I think you were allowed to have like a six pack of beer in your mini fridge. And that was it. Like, it, like is it heavily enforced? I mean, it was for us. Like, I don't know. Like, it wasn't like a, a permanent duty station or anything. So it's not like you're really going to be chill with any of the people that are in charge. Like, yeah. so it's it's it was so fucking stupid that's to me this is incredible because if i was in charge and i found that my marines were getting effed up on this garbage i'd be like you know what guys i'm gonna buy the alcohol could you just stay in and we'll keep this arrangement going but don't be retarded and do this garbage like did you ever do it like is it effective i don't remember i think i drank nyquil once because i actually really wanted to go to sleep and that, i think that was like before zequil it was a pro prominent prominent fuck thing and people were like, you know, if you like stay awake past that initial sleepy point, like shit's real stupid. Right. And I was like, no, I've never done that. Like I've always just wanted to go to sleep and they were like, you should stay up. And I was like, okay. And then, yeah, it was pretty fucking weird, but like, it's not what I would call fun or like a good substitute for alcohol either. And it's like, oh yeah, that shit's got like Tylenol in it. So it's like, if you drink a fuck ton of that, you're going to fuck your liver up. Like it's not, it's not smart. It's not a good thing to do. But like, it's not smart. I no, agree. but like, I mean, I yeah, like junior enlisted Marines, I get it. You're not really known for being fucking, I don't know, fucking, you're not, a, you're not surrounded by a bunch of geniuses, if you know what I mean. Like, so, I mean, some of the smartest people I've met in my life were in the Marine Corps, and it's like, how the fuck did you end up here? But there's also a lot on the other side where it's like, oh, like, how did you even get in here? Like, you're, it's so bad. Like, That's because nature loves balance, I guess. Um, I fucking guess. And I mean, quotas need to be hit. So Yeah, yeah we got to make those numbers. 
We got to make those numbers, ladies and gentlemen. So, yeah, I'll continue on. Boiling a medication can make it more concentrated and change its properties in other ways, even if you don't eat the chicken. Inhaling medication's vapors <laughs> while cooking it could cause high levels of the drug to enter your body. It also could hurt your lungs. The agency also pointed to a TikTok challenge, daring people to hallucinate by taking large doses of over-the-counter antihistamine, <laughs> dip, uh, diphenhydramine. Okay, diphenhydramine. Benadryl. Called the, the, Bene the Benadryl Challenge. The <laughs> FDA. <laughs> How fucking dumb are these people? Dude? Oh, the, it gets worse. I bring you more of the same. Oh my God. This the is FDA, fucking. Oh. oh, yeah, no, it's good. The FDA cites reports of teens ending up in a hospital emergency room or dying after participating. Oh my Why God. are youth so susceptible? Because they're fucking retarded. Now, the teen's brain isn't fully developed, according <laughs> no to the American shit. Academy of Pediatrics. Thank you for that wonderful citation. Gorgeous insight. Yes. And in fact, the prefrontal cortex, which manages rational thought, which seems to be missing amongst most of us anyway. I think mine is damaged. Probably. Mine too. I mean, you and I play contact sports. So <laughs> we have CTE and fucking concussions I got i've had about i've had at least three concussions that i can list yeah that i remember it's no good it, it, things it will get worse from here Woo! um <laughs> so problem solving and consequences don't fully develop until the mid-20s that's bullshit i know people in their 40s have no fucking idea i was gonna say i'm still pretty bad at it yeah that's why teens and young adults are often impulsive and more prone to act without considering ramifications Kids won't necessarily stop to consider that laundry detergent is a poison that can burn their throats and damage their airways, or that misusing medications like Benadryl can cause serious heart problems, seizures, and coma, warned the AAP on its website. What they will See, focus like, on... Go ahead. Go I was going to say, like, I can understand at least, like, a little bit the abuse of over-the-counter drugs, but the laundry detergent still blows me away because it's like what the fuck were you expecting to happen like i don't get it yeah it's I don't like, get there's it not either. even there's no there's no way like there's not even like a one percent chance that it ends up being something that's like fun or like yeah that's true but like because like oh yeah like the benadryl like yeah if you like feeling that fucking like medicated loopy drowsy fucking feeling like sure and i'm pretty sure if you take a bunch of it it actually rebounds and makes you like super fucking hyper um but i don't know what like the happy medium is there so don't but like i've been yeah and I've, i like they're, they're, i've never been able to stay awake brian see, like never no that's like that's the common that's like the that's what's supposed to happen well i mean it's not like i don't think they generated it with like the intent for you to just like be in a coma but like antihistamines do make people drowsy, but uh, I think it's in like children or anybody that takes like, once you hit like past a certain tipping point, it'll actually have like the opposite effect, but like it can also fuck your shit up. And then uh, yeah, like the NyQuil, Robitussin, all that shit. Like I, but like eating soap, like I don't, I don't get it. I don't see how that could possibly, there's no chance that you're going to like trip or have a good time. It's just like, yeah, you're gonna burn the shit out of yourself, or just vomit, or whatever. Like it doesn't. I don't get it. I don't see what the allure is. Nor do I. Nor do I. Like I said, we made an effort to find drugs. Yeah, go like 
talk to you're a bunch of fucking shithead kids in high school. One of you has connections. I know it. Like, yes, there's I always wondered how so many people were like on drugs and fucked up in high school. But it's like everybody knows somebody. Everybody's got alcoholic parents. Somebody in there, I mean, has alcoholic parents that aren't fucking supervising them. And like they've got like some shitty older brother that like dropped out of college and is like chilling in their hometown and doesn't know what to do. So it's, it, dude, I, it's not that hard. Like, don't, I don't know. Be less stupid. Be less stupid. I agree. I, I agree. Try to be less stupid. I was very fortunate. I had several friends in middle school. This, this is a problem that started in middle school. Um, again, don't ever try to grow up faster than you really ought to. It's not That's worth it. Like, the yeah. words aren't going to soak in though. Like yeah, I was told that I don't know how many times and it's like, now I get it kind of, but it's like, fuck. Like, yeah, but I you and I still, like, you, you and I still put together Lego sets for Christ's sake. Like we're, yeah. we're hanging on, we're hanging on briefly um, by a thread, <laughs> but we are hanging on. But like, I'm here, I am 12 and uh, my friend, uh, well, let's call her Marsha. All right. No, nothing funny. Like we were, we were pals. We're still pals 30 years later. Um, she's a paralegal, a very accomplished lady, uh, extremely intelligent. She go, she went to college and finished way before I did. Like she had it together. But here we are at 12. And that clamp factory that I was talking about at the beginning of the show, her mother worked their second shift. And she had a boyfriend who his name was Skip. I don't, I've never met a dude named Skip except for Skip himself. And he had access to alcohol and he was like 16. So why he was palling around with my friend, Marsha at, at, at 16 and he's all and right. All right. All right. It's <laughs> looking back on it. That son of a bitch should have been in jail, but whatever. Probably um, for a lot of reasons, for a lot of reasons, not just one, not just one, but a myriad, a cornucopia. And she had access and, you know, because of him, she had access to all the reefer that you can, you know, get your hands on acid. Um, not to mention, of course, alcohol, the easiest thing. I could use. not imagine acid in middle school. Are you fucking Let me kidding me? Oh, I didn't take it. She did. I, I did the reefer and I drank and I would go over to her place and her mom would be at work to, at, the, at the clamp factory till yeah. midnight. Last we, children. Dude, we would play Monopoly and do and rip bong hits. That sounds awesome. In 1992, <laughs> as middle <laughs> sounds, school kids. Dude, that sounds fucking lit. fucking monopoly (laughs) and then i would i would i would walk home it was like a mile and a half fuck yeah dude you had a great time high as fuck and i'm i'm cupping my cigarette because like i'm smoking with cigarettes oh my god and like i'm hiding it from like cars driving by and sucking down a couple of hits before like on my like while i'm walking if i tried to walk and smoke now i'd have a heart attack honestly like i mean that's where we're at that's where we're at with life. We stop and we smoke now. We don't smoke and walk. We don't have time for this. Like, there's not enough oxygen getting in. Um, but yeah, like, it, it's wild, the shit that happens. You know, so like, they have advice here. I, and I'm curious to see if anybody's ever tried this. Because with my kid, I always told him, you know, you really shouldn't drink too much because it's gonna, you're going to get fucked up and make bad decisions. Like, real bad decisions. Oh, yeah. So, like, terrible ones. And I told him, I said, you ever get fucked up? And you need a ride home. You will get a ride home without judgment. I will pick you up. I will not ask you questions. We will have a conversation about it in the morning, but there will be no judgment because I'd rather have you home alive. Right. You know what I'm saying? And See, I really my made. parents always said that too, but I never wanted to have the conversation the next day. So I was like, ah, I'll figure it out. Like, <laughs> well, I think that um, my parents did the same thing for me. 
And it wasn't me being afraid of being caught. It was me not understanding what the concept of mortality was. That's also very fair. It was like, you know yeah, I mean? we can handle this. Like, we're fine. Like, yeah. Yeah, I'm 16, 17 years old. Go fuck Got yourself. Got your whole life ahead of you. Yeah. Yeah, literally, like, wrapped around <laughs> a telephone pole. Yeah. This is what they say. This is what the FDA, the experts on your health, have to say. Remind your children that overdoses can occur with over-the-counter drugs as well as prescription drugs. At home, keep all of the over-the-counter and prescription drugs locked up securely, the, the agency added. If your team seems reluctant to talk about what they've, been, what they've seen, ask about their friends instead. Sometimes kids are more willing to talk about their peers than themselves. The AAP noted, yeah, because they're going to throw their friends under the bus. No, that wasn't me, Mom. Frank likes to drink NyQuil. He made the chicken. I had a burrito. <laughs> I can't wait for like six months from now when KFC's got fucking NyQuil fried chicken. <laughs> Don't say that. I might eat it. I mean, seriously, like, I mean, anything from KFC and I'm interested. So the next thing I want to talk about, next thing I want to talk about, some big news here. There is a special military operation, also known as a full-scale invasion, happening in Ukraine. Those of you who haven't been living under a rock in um, the deepest part of the Marianas Trench know that by now uh, that uh, the former Red Army uh, has invaded and taken control of a decent portion of the southern, southeastern part of the country. They annexed the Crimea in 2014, along with um, occupying the Donbass uh, and Luhansk regions. And the Ukrainians apparently ran them off the field of battle in the last few weeks to the point that Vladimir Putin is now announcing a mobilization of 300,000 troops and declares, quote, I am not bluffing. Ladies and gentlemen, when a man has to say he's not bluffing. Sounds like a bluff. It sounds like a bluff. Now, sound <laughs> projects too much. I may, I may not be able to even be called onto the carpet if I'm wrong about this, because after the thermonuclear holocaust, this will be on somebody's hard drive buried in a trash heap. That'll be found 50,000 years from now or 60,000 years from now. And you won't be able to say anything to me because I'll be dead. But I don't think this is a man. This is not someone who is winning. Uh, they're not speaking if they're, if they're winning and talking like this. So here we go. Um, let's ratchet it up a little bit. Let's turn up the heat a little bit. We had it on a six. Now we're going up to an eight. Okay. Now we're raising the temperature. Vladimir Putin today issued a chilling new threat to use nuclear weapons against the West, telling world leaders to back off Ukraine while warning, I'm not bluffing. Okay. The desperate, I love the way this is, this is from the Daily Mail, the desperate despot. Brilliant. I bet that journalist has been fucking waiting years to use that line. Also ordered the mobilization of 300,000 military reserves, a first in Russia since the Second World War. Oh, fuck and gave the go-ahead for referendums to be held in occupied areas of Ukraine that would make them part of Russia in the Kremlin's eyes, at least. He vowed to use all means to defend the region, saying, if the territorial integrity of our country is threatened, we will use all available means to protect, the, protect Russia and our people. This is not a bluff, and I shall stress by all means available to us. Trying to blackmail us with nuclear weapons should know that the tables can be turned on them. Okay. First of all, that line, if the territorial, the territorial integrity of our country is threatened, we'll use all available means to protect Russia and our people. He has used that line when he went into Crimea. He used that line when he went into uh, Georgia, not the state 
but the country and the caucuses. For those of you that are not familiar, it's where Stalin's from, Tbilisi. Um, it's actually quite an ancient country. It was one of the first um, European countries that got overrun by the Khan, as a matter of fact. Ooh. Yeah, very, very interesting. It's one of the oldest Christian countries on the planet, like Armenia and them, like really old, uh, like old culture. A lot of people don't, you know, get confused. They have an entirely different language. Like most of the former Soviet socialist republics kind of had their own identity. Yeah. Um, including Ukraine. Um, before like the ethnic cleansing. Correct. Yeah. Before the mass murder and starvation of millions of people. Uh, Putin's gambit comes after Ukraine routed a large part of the Russian army last week. Um, allegedly, we were also told that there was the second most powerful army on the planet. I think the Chinese are chuckling in their wontons right now, leaving him backed into a corner of his own making and facing the possible collapse of his so-called special military operation. But rather than back down, like, I mean, first of all, that phrase, there was no point that he was going to back down. This is an all or nothing proposal. Everybody that knows anything knows that. OK, he has to get something or it's going to lead to his destruction. One of those two variables is the most likely outcome. Either he, like the people get sick of it, including his oligarchs and the people in the state Duma, the federal Duma, all the people who stand to lose even more, okay? Or he wins. Like there is no, all right. We, it's not like yeah, us like, leaving Afghanistan after 20 years. All right, we fucked it up. We're leaving. Because like, know? how old is he anyway, too? Like you think he's just like, hey, I'm getting close enough to the end. I better just risk it all now and see what happens. Let's see how old he is. It's a great question. Let's see here is 69. Nice. Nice. All right. Yes, he is. Uh, he's born at 52. Feeling dangerous. Boy, did he ever. <laughs> Let's see here. Rather than back down, the Russian leaders instead chosen to double down and hold the free world to ransom, putting Russia and its huge nuclear arsenal on a direct collision course with Ukraine and its allies. Not to mention the fallout from those weapons would hit Russian people like in net, like there's it's unavoidable. So, yeah. OK, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> they got lots of them, though. That's true. Um you know, the uh, every life is not sacred in certain places of this planet. That might be one of them. Um, you got to watch Dr. Strangelove again, man. Just start digging. We, we can't get beat. We can't have a mind shaft gap. <laughs> like, You're, I do have to get back on that movie. I oh, do. Fuck. It's so good. I, I remember it being good. I have to watch it again. I have a lot of homework to do, and I'm not even in school anymore. I literally watched it, and then the next day the invasion happened. I couldn't fucking believe it. Watch like, it again. Is... Maybe the <laughs> nuclear war will start. You know? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Well, All I mean, right. There's still shit I want to do. So, like, I'm like, yeah, oh, okay, I'm don't watch bit. it then. Yeah, just just wait a little bit longer. Things okay. are just starting to get good for me. Like, fuck, I'm not trying to <laughs> punch out that's, yet. That's typically when things start to happen, at least in my experience. <laughs> anyway. Uh, a collision course with Ukraine and its allies who have already vowed not to accept the results of a, quote, sham referendum, which obviously it's going to be a sham. They wouldn't hold a, an election. OK, the Russians would never hold an election they thought they could lose. I mean, let's let's fucking be straight right now and, and figure this out. OK, they're not going to be like, well, we'll give them an opportunity. And if they don't like us, do you think they're going to go home? If for some reason the people like, you know, 51 to 49 say you got to go. You think he's gonna be like, well, that's the end of it, boys. Pack up your tents. Do you think they're gonna back. have like their own version of like a Hunter Biden laptop story? And like, <laughs> you know, like 
think about because okay how big do you think like the hunter biden laptop is in russia you know like so i'm sure they have some kind of equivalent story that's being like tucked away going on that like we'll never fucking hear about but i would imagine like it's almost parallel like the amount of stupid shit oh i'm yeah i'm i'm sure i'm sure it is but i'm sure that the 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 press is is being advised on what to talk about and it may yeah not that's also like that that's There's stuff, but I don't think there's anything being reported. Here we go. Um, Speaking ahead of Putin's speech last night, President Zelensky dismissed noise from Russia and said it would not alter Ukraine's resolve. Foreign Minister Kuliba likewise vowed the Russians could do whatever they want. It won't change anything. Ukraine has every right to liberate its territories and will keep liberating them, whatever Russia has to say. Mikhailo Podolyak, an advisor to President Zelensky spoke this morning after Putin's announcement, calling it predictable and saying it shows that the war is not going to plan. I agree with that. President Jose Bidano is expected to give a speech to the UN later today. I don't know if that actually happened or not. Um, he could have fallen asleep. He could have shit himself. <laughs> uh, we are rally Ukraine's allies to stay the course. Okay. And there's the angry Putin looking at the camera and like, this is not a man who who is in control. Like he is definitely losing, and this is the reaction one can expect from someone like him. As a result of this, by the way, as a result of people being told three hundred thousand will be mobilized, their stock market crashed, and flights out of Russia sell out after Putin orders partial call up. Holy and, shit! Uh, this is um, being reported from Reuters. One-way flights out of Russia were selling out fast on Wednesday after Putin ordered an immediate call-up of 300,000 reservists. Putin's announcement, made early in the morning in a television address, raises fears that some men of fighting age would not be allowed to leave Russia. Yeah, because after that, after they burn through them, they're going to start drafting motherfuckers. Yep, and they're going to burn through them. If, any, if, if anything up to this point has been indicative of their ability to sustain losses, it's, they're going to get chewed up fast. They're going to get chewed up fast. And like I said, the, the most unfortunate part of this is that you have a bunch of innocent people that are caught up in the middle of which essentially has become not only a proxy war, but an, a testing ground for Western material, which is what's happening right now to oh, devastating yeah. effect. You know what I mean? Like never, never, never let a good crisis go to waste. Uh, Rahm Emanuel. Thank you very much. That's absolutely right. So and that's the tragic part. And that sometimes gets confused, I think, with pro-Russo feelings, which I don't have. Um, I, I have people feelings. Like I, I want to say for the people. Yeah. But yeah. Like, and, but like, you know, as far as these, they, these despotic regimes, I think it's a lot more gray than it is black and white. But when I, like I said, when this whole thing kicked off and you have images of Ukrainian moms trying to protect their children and their, their parents getting blown up at train stations and shit like that, like they didn't invade Russia. The Russians came to their house there's a shitload of anarchist groups that are fighting the Russians right now, right now on the front lines in the Donbass, in, in, in the Kharkiv region. There's a lot of them. You can find them on Instagram. They have their own accounts. They're not affiliated with the state per se, but they want to fight imperialist aggression. Good for them. I, hey, you know what, man? And especially if it's where exactly I agree. And when uh, the soy squad went out there, we've talked about that ad nauseum. Went looking for Nazis. They actually found a bunch of goddamn anarchists fighting Russian separatists. There's that too. So 
the I get it's like I said, I don't think it's as black and white as people make it out to be. The problem that I have with a lot of this, and I've talked about this with several other people, is the ability to disseminate what is propaganda and what is true. Because will the West admit that Ukraine is getting beat up? Probably not directly. Will the Russians admit that they're getting beat up? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And is it indicative right now based on what the boots? Are, that's the awesome thing about social media. It's a blessing and a curse. You have NyQuil chicken on one end, and then you have frontline reporters not affiliated with any news organization that are streaming information from the ground. And you're getting information directly, unfiltered. Yeah. Pretty, you know what I there, mean? There is another downside to that, though. Like there were, because like OPSEC is a big, big thing, operational security. Yes. And I mean, there were what like reddit posts that literally got ukrainian positions like artillery struck because they found out that they were like taking shelter in like abandoned schools and shit so the russians were like oh we're just gonna bomb like every fucking school that yeah we that's fine that. so it's like it definitely cuts both ways but it is interesting because it's like there i can't imagine there is any other time in history where you have primary source material literally the second that it is happening somewhere else being broadcast to everyone. Yeah, I, that's a great point too. And yeah, I have to, I definitely have, you know, we have to consider that as well. But I think it um, also kind of makes like, I don't know when there's a bunch of stuff like that, it's hard to like actually get context. Like, yes, because there's, it's, it's just so much so fast. It's like even worse than the 24 hour news cycle. It's just constant chaos. Yeah, I, th- that's and that's another thing to consider. And again, that's where I have a problem because you don't want to necessarily put all your eggs in the one basket and say, okay, yeah, this sounds like the most likely story. Do I think that the Russians are losing? Well, based on the reaction from today, yes. I think that maybe not losing, but definitely not going according to plan. Yeah, they've lost some momentum. They're running For out of sure. steam maybe, like – and not calling up 300,000 reserves. Like you don't do that to celebrate. They're not going to go throw a fucking party for the guys (laughs) that are on the line and they need fucking people to put it all together. I agree. And not to mention uh, when there's a YouTuber that I follow that uh, has traveled all across the former Soviet union and was in Kiev when things went down, the invasion began. And it was the first time I'd ever seen like this guy was actually scared. Like you could see it in his face. He's like, and he's like, we've heard that the tanks are about to roll in and we're trying to leave to go to Poland. Like we're trying like, and they do get on the refugee express and they go to um, Lviv, which is in the Western uh, portion of Ukraine. They got out, but the dude was terrified because, and everybody said it was a matter of days before the, uh, the Russian tanks would be in the, um, in in the center of ukraine or the center of kiev excuse me and that's not what happened uh do western weapons make a difference uh duh obviously we're watching it happen right now um is it proving and of course we're finding about russians capability their their capabilities excuse me they're they're awful like they are disorganized and once again logistics 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 if you don't have that supply network it doesn't work out well for you and i think it's lost on a lot of people too brian they they forget now while russia was making its own was it the t-34 the medium-sized tank that's famous um that they made they mass produced it was able to take on german armor but people also forget that through the port of Ar- Archangel, which is on the northern northwestern portion of the country, British and American ships were bringing in hundreds of thousands of tons of material 
to help the Russians, not only feed them, but fuel them and everything. Like a lot of people right. forget about that. And that's how that war machine continued to roll is from, you know, Western allies like the United States and Great Britain. That would, if without that help, I think you're seeing more of a stalemate. I don't think the Germans win per se, but without that kind of aid, you might have a negotiated peace. That's another possibility. Again, alternative history is always, you know, interesting to ponder because there's so many different variables, but we do know the real outcome. And, you know, I don't think, do I think Tim Dillon, who is our, one of our favorites, if not the favorite, he's a George Carlin of our time, as um, Brian and I have said, he said that Zelensky's going to have to take a deal. Like at some point you got to take a deal. Now he's committed to winning everything and fair enough. Good for him. But do I think he takes Crimea and Sevastopol? Do I think that he completely runs them out of the country without the Russians doing something really fucking stupid? No, no. Not at all. Not at all. He, I mean, not without, I, not without, like, I think direct foreign intervention or without the Russians just blowing everything up. Right. There could be a coup d'etat. That's a possibility, in which case they pack up and go home. But if Mr. Putin is in charge all the way, there is no fucking way that he, that he's leaving. Like something, he, see, he's gonna, it's kind of like in World War One, the bite and hold strategy, right? You take a huge chunk, you take a huge bite out of the enemy's ter- territory and hang the fuck on as much as you can. And then from there, you can start inching your way forward. Um, or in the case of our European cousins, uh, millimetering your way forward, um, you know, <laughs> centimetering your way forward. Um, we'll see what happens. But yeah, here we go. So people are leaving the country. Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu said the call-up would be limited to those with experience as professional soldiers and that students and those who had only served as conscripts would not be called up. That's yeah. for now. <laughs> Nevertheless, day of your life so far. So far. Nevertheless, Google Trends data showed a spike in searches for uh, Avia Sales, which is Russia's most popular website for purchasing tickets, flight tickets, direct flights from Moscow to Istanbul, Turkey, and Yerevan in Armenia, both destinations that allow Russians to enter without a visa, were sold out on Wednesday, according to a via sales data. God damn. I was yes. going to say, I wonder where they're all going to go. Well, yeah, there can, there's most countries require them to get a visa. And that's what's the hang up. And the European Union, I think, has put a, the kibosh on Russian visas. So there's only a few places they go. Some routes with stopovers, including those from Moscow to Tbilisi, that's in Georgia, were unavailable while the cheapest flights from the capital to Dubai were costing more than 300,000 rubles. That's about $5,000, excuse me, about five times the average monthly wage. Can you believe that shit? Wow. Yeah, I can. What, you know what, dude, if I'm in that boat, I'll, I'll put it on fucking credit card. I don't know. I'll do something to get my kid charge it. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm not coming back. Fuck you. Take it all. (laughs) Sure. I'll leave the card here. Get yourself something nice. We're fucking out of here. <laughs> you know? Um, so, yeah, that's not, that is not indicative of a population who is committed to victory. That is not indicative of a population whose morale is high. Um, so we're going to see no. how this develops. And if you're sending in, if you're conscripting people to go in, like, we've already kind of seen how their conscripts behave. Now, a lot of people are like, well, you haven't seen like the real Russian, you know, the, the real Russian army. Y- yeah, we kind of did. They tried to take Kiev and they didn't do it. So, again, Western material, we've discovered that the Russians are still using shit from the 80s. 
from the 80s. I mean, yeah, sure, Kalashnikov from the 80s, right. But if you're going up against high Mars and all sorts of awesome Western technology, not to mention the United States government is aiding with their with satellites to tell the Ukrainians the exact position of Russian forces in order to target American-made um, uh, you know, uh, artillery, guess what? You're probably going to lose if that's who your adversary is. Again, we 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 have feelings about certain things, but we're not stupid, you know. I mean, this it's an over, it's an overwhelming force, uh, and as far as the technological advantage, I think it's night and day. So we'll see how this pans out. I I can only imagine, you know, if you have a a, a, a son that's of that age and potentially could be sent. I mean, that's like sending your kid to to Vietnam or Afghanistan or anything like that. It's scary shit. I get why they're running. I get it. You know, I mean, regardless of how my kid would feel about us, that situation, I'm like, you're not fucking dying for somebody else's horseshit reasons. No fucking way. If they come here to our street, that's one thing. We're not going over there. We don't have a war to fight. And I understand why they're running. I'd fucking run too, man. I get my kid out of the, I would go to jail and make sure my kid got out of the fucking country. That's fine. That's it's that's the job that you sign up for, or at least you're supposed to sign up for when you make the, make that decision uh, to be a parent. Uh, which so many of us uh, fail at miserably on a regular basis, but that's okay. Uh, the beat goes on. So that's, that's what we had for today. Uh, Brian and myself have some things in the works for you guys. Um, we were talking about some t-shirt designs that are coming up. Uh, we're working on a couple of different uh, books. We're not going to give away too much other than we're working on them. Um, supposed to have new art done for the podcast um, for uh, uh Full Metal Magdalene is uh, supposed to be working on something for us. It'll be out whenever she has the time. She's doing two jobs, so she's busy. I did want to talk a little bit about something that's been going on in the community that I that I myself was a part of, or used to be a part of, or the Liberty community, or what have you. And you know this popularization of post libertarianism. Um, are you familiar about it with it at all? Excuse me, Brian. Uh, I mean, what? what does post-libertarianism look like? Are you talking like all the, uh, is this like all the neo-Nazi shit? No, no, not necessarily. Oh, okay. No. Um, or like just the strange places that things seem to be going on the internet from what were once libertarian spaces or. Yeah. It, I don't know it, exactly what you're talking about. Well, post-libertarian, it, 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 let's put it this way. Let's look at the definition straight away there are some movements to the far right that we've seen and their names need not be mentioned here because it doesn't make a difference most of you know who they are um you know we can we have stuff in common with a lot of post-libertarians or post-anarchists um 80 probably uh especially with the uh with the latter but a lot of it is very troubling that we've seen to a point where it's like i don't i don't even know where i personally would want to fit in if I want to fit in at all. I was going to say, I don't think I want to fit in. Like I've never been a big movement guy because it's like, it always gets co-opted somehow, some way. Um, That's a good point. Or it's like they want to make it bigger and bigger. And then they just sacrifice like their original core beliefs in order to reach more people. So it's like, it's pointless, but yeah, it's like, I don't know. There's a bunch of shit going on now that it all just looks, it all feels like a pretty far reach it's like it's almost like you were saying it's almost q level stuff yes like 
and it's just like I I think it comes down to more like we we have this hollow nameless emptiness inside all of us somewhere whether we want to admit it or know that it's there or recognize it or not and we are looking for anything that could fill it and it's just like well we thought we had this thing we had this movement we had a community and that's starting to kind of evolve and shift and it's like i mean it was bigger than any one of you anyway so it kind of takes on a mind of its own and goes and does whatever and it's like if you don't want to follow it you have to find something new and then that emptiness comes back and hits you and it's like oh like i i don't know the exact way like i if you would have told me i can't remember when all that q shit started like what year but if you would have told me like a year or two prior to that, that people were legitimately going to believe that like Donald Trump is the new Messiah and that like him and fucking JFK Jr. It, like, I, like it literally just, I've heard more fucking not concise. That's not the right word. Like I've listened to paranoid schizophrenics talk ad nauseum about shit that makes more sense than any of that stuff. So it's like, I feel like if you let anything go far enough, it kind of ends up in that weird fringe territory where it's just not based in reality at all. I mean, I don't really, I don't believe in objective reality necessarily. I don't think that I'm necessarily rooted in reality, but compared to most of these fucking people, like, yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. And there's like a bunch of, uh, I think the most recent thing I saw, it was like that one shop teacher in some fucking high school in i think it's in canada and like they've got like the big prosthetic tits on or something and there's pictures circulating yeah yeah and people are like what's this imagery in the background and it's like a swirly fucking i don't know like a I, i i don't even know what to call it it's just like a fucking squiggly line on like a piece of paper and people are like that's a that's symbolic of like pedophilia and it means that um, they have a certain preference for, like, uh, it's super fucking weird. And then they start looking at, like, all these places and this shit. It, it's, it's, it seems schizophrenic to me. Like, it's a bit of a reach. That's all I'm saying. Kind of reminds me of Pizzagate a little bit. Like, the, that whole thing where there were certain pieces of art that was suggestive and, like, certain symbols that you would find on the box yeah, like someone's leaving breadcrumbs for this shit. Like some fucking master detective is gonna solve all this stuff and defuse the bomb at the last second. Like, I don't I don't think that shit actually happens. Like, no, if these people were really doing this shit, why would they leave anything to get caught? Like it, it's I don't I don't know. Yeah, and maybe yeah. they're not smart people. I don't know. I, I don't want to get inside the mind of one of them. But. No, certainly not. I mean, we have enough of our own problems as individuals, let alone to add that level of schizophrenia um, and paranoia, for that matter. Um, but no, this is uh, the definition of post-libertarian. Okay, so a lot of people moving away. And again, I, I've talked to a couple of um, the folks that listen, and I and I strongly empathize and feel for post-libertarianism, especially like if you remember, we had Idaho Joe on the show. And he was running for federal office. And I said, I think that that's a giant waste of time. And I do believe in localism. I do believe in doing things locally. Like I'm far more receptive. And I think a lot of people with our shared, I guess, ideas, principles, whatever, would feel the same way that it's like, okay, 
federally, I think that that's fucked. It's gone. Like there's, yeah. yeah, but like your local school board or your local, you know, a city council uh, member or somebody that's, you know, running stuff at the county level. Tend to the garden that you can reach. That's a great way to put it. That's an, that's, that's an excellent way to put it. And I, and I do agree with that. And I personally would be far more inclined to get involved in something like that. Um, sort of like what, um, what is it? Hoppe talked about, Pete talked about it once. Was it the, the creation of 10,000 Lichtensteins? Um, I think that's what Hoppe talked about where you have, you know, 10,000 Lichtensteins around. So the pockets like salad talked about, which comes from Konkin, the whole idea of like, you have, you know, pockets of statism, but also pockets of liberty and po- you know what I mean? Like there's, it won't be like this, you know, one monolith, I guess you could say. So this is a definition. No, we're Post- past borders. Like for sure. Yeah, for sure. Post-libertarianism is a school of thought stemming from libertarianism that for maintaining individual liberty, the enforcement of law and order is an unconditional good, meaning that post-libertarian fully embrace the state as social instit- as a social institution, excuse me, and as such, uh, ceases to be aligned with libertarianism while not being libertarian post-libertarianism still maintains a lot of libertarian ideas such as an affinity towards free markets skepticism towards the state control of information and anti-interventionism so there's the definition of post-libertarian so a lot of these folks do get involved like for example the Mises caucus of the libertarian party or I think there's a republican GOP Mises caucus as well uh, doing things locally. Um, the school board was a big one for a lot of folks, especially with, you know, the um, uh, the masks from COVID to critical race theory. A lot of folks um, started getting involved there. And again, I am sympathetic to that because again, like you put it, you said it, you said it perfectly, tend to the garden you can reach. And that's definitely one. And that has a direct impact on the minds and the health of your children. So why not, if you're going to do something, do it at that level. But yeah, but saying, oh, I'm supporting Senator Fuckface because he's running and he's going to go to Congress and sort it all out. Yeah, sure, you, you go ahead and think that. Um, I got a bridge to sell you. <laughs> oceanfront property in Oklahoma is very cheap and it gives you a great view. Hey, um, with, the, with the upcoming climate crisis, man, it'll be oceanfront and like, a thousand years okay so yeah. you can't think about you you got to plant some seeds knowing you will never bask in the shade you got to think about your children's 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 children that you got that right so so yeah there's there's that it's just you know what is you know i want to know what the listeners think about like you know what what are your thoughts about post-libertarianism that movement away from let's say like and i understand the idea where theory can kind of become like religion you know, when theory is supposed to work versus in practice. And it's like, yeah, because then we're now we're talking about dogma, this adherence to it, no matter what, even though it's completely ineffective. I get those arguments. And I think it's important to stay open minded about those things. And I'm always willing to listen and learn and find out what people think. Does that change my political uh, or my particular political persuasion? Probably not. I still think uh, I still think that certain things are completely irredeemable and vile. Uh, but um, locally speaking, I think that there is a case to be made for sure. So, again, I'm curious to think do, or here, excuse me, what the rest of you think. Go ahead. Uh, do you like do you feel in any way like it's a sort of like uh, surrender or like giving up in any sort of way um, or like a concession of sorts? 
a concession is probably the best way to look at it, at least. Um, and it doesn't, it, it's not something that feels good. Uh, it's not like, oh, I still, it's tough because then I worry about becoming completely beholden to an idea that it's kind of like believing in, um, and I don't mean to be rude to anybody, but it's kind of like believing, trying to believe in God again after I gave up. Because so, um, it's like, what was the point of all of that if this is just where I end up again, you know? Right. So there's something to be considered there. And again, I still think that there are solutions that can work. The idea of getting, you know, I, I, again, and I've talked about this with some other folks that are uh, friends of the show, part of the use guys family, that really starting at the individual level with yourself, getting that right, and then moving on from there. If you do want to get involved locally and try to help out, I get, I think that first of all, you should do whatever you want. And then secondly, that to me makes more sense on an application level. Like we're talking about the application of principle. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, because there's a lot you can do locally without even really having to deal with the government still. Like true, organizationally true. speaking. 100%. But, yeah. At the same time, libertarians with the lowercase L, not so, not so much like party people, um, like libertarian party people. Uh, I think that a lot of us, again, we do have a lot in common with each other. And I think that berating somebody because they haven't made their way over like a lot of us have in the past may not be the best. That's probably not the best course of action if we're going to win somebody over. But at the same time, they could be looking at us like, you know, all you guys do is talk about theory. I, I The reason why I found agorism to be particularly, I guess, um, palatable is because it does leave it up to you you know, your level of your, what you're willing to do and what you're willing to commit to. You decide your own level of involvement. You know what I mean? So <laughs> as opposed to, you know, because it, like in every community, there's going to be a pack of assholes and where, you know, the people who, you know, we agree on principle and stuff like that with they're, they're going to be there too. So anyway, I want to know what other people have to say about post-libertarianism. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Um, or what your opinions are of it. If you feel that the local option is always a good option, um, let me know what you think. Uh, but in the meantime, that's all I have for uh, this week. Do you have anything, Brian? Uh, let me let me scroll through some of the group chat stuff just to see if we yeah please anything. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. You know, we talked about the high school teacher. Oh, I don't know if this is, I mean, I, I haven't like verified this or anything, but it was uh, China revealing a digital currency with an expiration date. So people are forced to spend and not able to save. Ah, uh, yeah. So I don't know how real that is, but that's pretty fucking terrifying. Yes. And then let's see. Let me check. I have to go to a different app, but <laughs> let me check. I think we talked about all this stuff. Yeah, I guess I don't really have anything. All right. Well, in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, I think that'll do for this week. I'd like to thank you guys for listening. Uh, I also like to thank our sponsors, agorasnexus.com. 
Vandalay Industries, I paint Akron, where all accidents are happy accidents. Team Mandalore keeps cycling very weird. And uh, of course, uh, Ray Fava Fine uh, Art and Design from the Great Lakes. And ladies and gentlemen, today in Northeast Ohio, the temperatures, now that we have officially come into autumn, very warm today, as I warned you that they would be. We had a high of 85 today. It was a yeah, bit of a scorcher. Dusty. Pretty toasty day. It was a scorcher. I was out with my dog uh, before the show and just putting on a real good sweat, real stink. Um, nothing good happening down there with this kind of heat. Um, as you can imagine, a lot of sweating, a lot of disgusting things mixing together. Not to mention last night, I was at the Covelli Center in Youngstown, Ohio, uh, elbow to elbow with uh, my fellow uh, rock and roll enthusiasts. Fortunately for them, I have washed with Todd's gay soap because had I not, with all that movement and all the people and the fact that, you know, these places don't run the air very well, um, (laughs) the stink could have been catastrophic. They may have even had to stop the show and like, would you the the redheaded guy up there? We could smell you all the way down. Bro, could you please leave? You know, go wash yourself in the sink in the men's bathroom. Do something. Fortunately, I didn't have that problem because Todd's Gay Soap protects me and therefore protects you from the unwanted smells that travel up that nose in a way like Pepe Le Pew's stink would travel up the nose huh. of the of the girl cat that he thought was a skunk that he wanted to mate with. Does she have a name? I don't remember if she has a name. I just know that she is the unfortunate victim of unwanted advances, Monsieur Le Pew. You know how the French, uh, how they get, they get a little handsy. They get a little handsy. They're a horny bunch. That's okay. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, please don't be the stinky one. Protect yourself. Protect yourself and protect others by checking out my friend Todd's Very Gay Soap from AkronApothecary.com. Check out the soap. Support the gay business. Um, If that's, you know, of course, the principle that you have, if you are not a fan of the LGBTQ community, uh, I probably don't know why you're still listening to us because we are a friend of all. The soap is a friend for all asses. All equal opportunity assholes can be washed and washed clean. The sin of stink can be washed away, cleansed by my friend Todd and his very gay soap made from gay hands, honest gay hands to your supple ass to be cleaned all the way through your tackle box, everything under tits, all that good stuff, backs, you know, that the scrub that uh, dung ditch, as my friend Christopher would say, with Todd's Gay Soap, because Todd's Gay Soap is, in fact, soap for that ass. I don't have Christopher's uh, thing, so I, I can't do it. Because <laughs> Todd's Gay Soap is soap for that soap ass. For that ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we miss our friends. We, we look forward to having them back on. And um, don't forget to check out the Patreon. Two bucks a month, guys. That's all we're asking. Recession-proof. Depression-proof. Maybe not your personal depression, but economically, we won't raise the price. It's the cost. Yeah, it'll of probably dog. it'll probably make your personal depression worse. Honestly, with the <laughs> we got some bad news occasionally. Yeah, but we, yeah, we bring you more of the same, and the beatings uh, shall continue. That's correct, and morale <laughs> will not improve. It fucking least... better. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate you all very much, and we will catch you again. Take it easy. Bye.